0: really, really good to be able to be together today. Uh, if you're joining us online, we're happy and thankful that you're able to do that. And if you're here in person, we're happy and thankful that you're able to do that. And I always like to say we get to not only see each other, hear each other, bump into each other, uh, all the things we get to do when we are present together and, and, and it's all good. Uh, so from that place, uh, let's pray. God, I give you great thanks for this day and for your presence with us. I pray that you would stir in us, Spirit, today, Um, help us to uh, experience you as we sort of reflect on where we've been the last few years, that you would uh, bring up memories for us, events, uh, maybe things that we haven't thought of, things we have thought of, but you would help uh, help us be together in a way that can, can show us where we've been. Um, and then we would find you in that. So we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, um, we are in the second week of Lent, and our Lenten series is called Lent Together: uh, Reflect, Restore, Rename, and Resurrect. And today, we're going to be uh, focusing on the second part of the reflect. Uh, time and i 'm going to get to that in, in just a second, but what the reason we 're doing that is we 're going to build into the other one so're going this reflection time is going to build into restoring renaming, and then on Easter with resurrection and so that 's kind of the, the the gist of that and today we 're going to do a lot of interactive stuff, a lot of sharing a lot of there 'll be some times where we 're sitting on our own quiet and, and things like that, but um, part of that is actually I think part of a good. Uh, Lenten practice, uh, and if you remember from last week, we talked about what Lent means, and we talk about it as springtime, so you have a seed up there that's in the dirt, and it's starting to sprout and move in some different directions, and, and the idea is that Lent is meant to be the church's springtime. A time when out of the darkness of sin's winter, a repentant, empowered people emerges. And this is this quote we've used for as long as I can remember. And we still have no idea where it came from. Maybe we made it up. I don't know. Uh, but if you ever figure out where it's from, let us know. We've, we've tried. But, um, but the idea there, again, is that this, this time in Lent is like this time of being a seed in the ground. Right and, and it starts to transform and change and, and things start to move and, and, and break out as they move towards the surface of the soil to break through into the sunlight. And that being the, the imagery of breaking into uh, this time of resurrection, this time of light and life. Um, but that time in the ground is not, it's not just a static time, it's a, it's a growing time, it's a moving, transforming time. Time. And so that's the hope for this time that we're in, this Lenten time. And, and with the thing uh, we're doing, with, with we're breaking each one of these uh, reflect, restore, rename, and resurrect. We're breaking each one into two parts. One's going to be kind of an introduction. Then the next one's going to be more of an interactive uh, sharing time. Because we really believe it's important that we hear from all of, all of the community, not just one or two of us. Um, so with that... I'm going to start by reading you the the introduction to the sermon I gave on the first day we started doing anything responsive to the COVID-19 pandemic. It was like this. So I'm not going to do the, hi, my name is Greg, because you've already heard that part. Uh, But we are always grateful for your presence and connection. Things are different today. Some, many, are missing, and we miss you who are not able to be here. Some of us notice it's different because our chairs are spaced apart. It's not who we are. It's a broken rhythm. But if our community and closeness can't deal with the chairs being moved apart, can't hold that, then how can we be community? Jesus enters all of this. We did not know a year ago when we planned, the series we were in was called, uh, This Must Be Stronger Than That. Um, We didn't know a year ago when we were planning this, that this was the time we would be in. But God has been prepping us for this time. And this is the first slide that we ever had up that had anything to do with the COVID-19 pandemic. Right, yeah, right. When I saw this, I was like, "Oh, I don't even remember that. I kind of don't want to remember that." Um, but but it stirred up all kinds of things for me. And so, what I want us to do for a few minutes, so I have a couple of kind of prompts and questions. We're going to move through. I've got some scripture verses uh, that, that we'll will tag into also. But. Um, If we remember, Rich talked last week about reflecting and reflection. To reflect is to give or cast back, light, heat, sound, or something from a surface. And a reflection is an act of showing of an image, mirroring, casting back. But it can also mean fixing our thoughts on something for serious consideration. So however those work out today, um, in in the questions we're going to go through, um, that's that's what I want us to do. Um, I have a couple of verses just to kind of, further stir um, and, and give us some parameters maybe for what we think is appropriate to share in this time. Uh, Psalm 22, the psalmist says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Psalm 10, 1, why, O Lord, do you stand aloof Why hide in times of distress? Some of us may have felt on that side of things. 2 Corinthians 12.15 This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given us. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And give thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. And so I I put those verses up to sort of get at a reality that many of us may have experienced, that there may have been times we felt, oh God, you're aloof. Where are you? I can't find you. Why do you not respond? And other times you may have felt thankful, right, in this time. And so I want you to know that whatever you share, right, you're in good company with the psalmists and the, the writers of scripture because they felt many of the same things we may talk about. But the first thing I want us to reflect on and, and we'll have time to share, is what is your first memory regarding the pandemic? And I will walk around, if you, or if you can raise your hand and let me know if you're ready to answer, and I will hand this to you, and you can share with us. Your first memory of the pandemic. Yeah. So I was sitting in my office with my friends at work, and news came through of the Kirkland uh, old folks home outbreak <laughs> and what was going on there. And it suddenly became very obvious that this wasn't something that was going to pass us by. Mm. Yeah. Oof. I remember hearing that too. In Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah. It is now.
1: Uh, we were in at Disneyland with our uh, some of our kids and oh. grandchildren. The week that the last week that was open before wow. they they shut down for a couple of years so it was the experience of being in a place where suddenly everybody was realizing this was a real thing wow. and uh, <laughs> a little bit of panic going on yeah and we barely got onto an airplane getting home because wow. they were they were canceling flights left and right it was mm. astonishing
2: yeah <sighs> So Julie and I own a business. It's a bed and breakfast on Green Lake. And uh, when March 15th came along, we had... March. uh, Our business is very cyclical. And January is pretty dead. February is starting to build up. And March, we're definitely uh, booking a lot for summer. So March 15th came in, and we were overwhelmed with people not wanting to camp, uh, to travel so they canceled our reservation and we had to give back a lot of money um, and luckily we, we had it but it was it was a shock and basically it shut down our bed and breakfast for four months something like that three months so it really affected us and we were just sitting in our uh, and it's like, it hit us like a brick wall, so. wow.
0: Mm.
1: So the nursing home where my mom was living was closed to all visitors. And so from early March until three days before she passed, my father couldn't go visit her. Mm. Mm.
3: A dear member of our congregation, Janet Alfieri, had passed away in February, and we were in the midst and planning to do a service here, and I think her service was supposed to be one of the first Sundays after the closure, and sadly, we never, ever had that service. Yeah,
0: Yeah, in the notes I looked at for, uh, when I pulled that opening out, in the announcements, when I pulled that slide out, there was also announcements about Janet's memorial, right, and what was happening with that.
4: I had a granddaughter that was born on March 30th, and it was touch and go as to whether even her father could be in the room with the mother, and uh, there was no chance for any grandmas to be there. So I still have a picture on my phone of my holding that baby when she was finally three months old. Yeah. Mm.
0: Mm. Anything
5: else? I'm going to move to a place where I can see everybody.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. And then Dan, I'll get you.
6: Well, I just, I, I remember my, my daughter coming home with all of these Lysol and hand sanitizers and everything, and so all these rules were put into effect. All of a sudden, we were afraid, I mean, you sprayed your shoes before you came in the house, you, you washed your hands, because you know, my grandson was young, and then I couldn't see my mom, who I care for, for a very long time, because she has COPD. And so it was extremely hard during that time period to not be able to see her and take care of her, but yet, make her feel like she was being cared for so yeah. trying to do that through phone calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was like life came to a standstill as we knew it. Yeah. And we had to adjust to a new normal and and going into the grocery store and having the shelves be wiped clean. I mean mm-hmm. I I have a picture of that word there was zero bread and like no right. bread in yeah. the store yeah. and that was a the new reality of things mm-hmm. for us and so just how drastically everything yeah. changed mm-hmm. what seemed like overnight. Right?
7: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I remember that it was all supposed to be over by Easter.
0: Yeah right. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> uh huh.
7: Uh huh. Right. So I remember having a lot of like emotions of like distrust and anger and frustration and and just mystery like what's happening. And then in early February we went to Disneyland, and I remember looking at my wife on the plane, Heather, and just saying, "Should we be?" doing this, like, but we're just like, not, yeah, like not sure, like what's happening. And then yeah. we ended up getting super sick and never knew, did we have COVID or not? And it was just a really weird, confusing time. That's yeah. really loud. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing, you know, through
8: my wife, Juan, uh, what was happening in Korea and um because it hit there first um and then like is that gonna happen here um i remember hearing uh like anti-asian stuff going around about blaming and um
1: yeah
9: Because we have a, at work we have a business office in China, we were all tracking what was going on in China in January and December. So hoping it wouldn't escape China. And then I went to Japan in January on Chinese New Year and everybody was wearing masks. And that was the first indication that this is going to be big. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
10: My work had shut down, and we weren't sure what was going to happen or how long it would be, and I decided I wanted to be with family for that, but I was too afraid to fly, so my dad drove all the way up from California in a day to pick me up, and then we drove all the way back down in a day um, and arrived in Lake Tahoe hours before they announced a complete shutdown on travel in California, and the police came to our door telling us to leave because they thought we had arrived too late. To our own home. (laughs)
0: Wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of things, and just hearing those stories, even uh, it stirs up stuff, right? And I can feel it as as we're we're talking. But the I'm gonna my next one was would have been other key moments from the last three years. But I want to kind of stick with with this where we're at um and kind of ask so now looking back on that moment does it look different at all because we're three years past it when you look at that moment when you kind of re-enter it and those feelings come up do you go no that's still exactly the same or is there something in you that goes no for some reason I see that differently now I hope that's making sense what I'm asking um yeah, I, I'm just. I want to explore like who we are now. What have we grown through? What do we see differently now? Um, and it might not be something you can answer right away. But I'm very comfortable with silence, so we'll wait a sec. I'm just. I'm glad
9: we. I'm glad we didn't know then what we know now. I think it, you know, at that time, the yeah, it's going to be over by Easter, or just the extension of that. That that was hard, um, but then you had to just accept that you have to change, or here's what we know for today, or accept, yeah. be present, and that was hard.
4: Not really. Um, there was another little boy grandson that was born in that period of time, and now we're expecting another. Grandmas are still not allowed in the hospital. So, And you still were just getting to the point where I think they're going to lift the mandate for masks in hospitals. So it still looks very much the same yeah. in the medical setting. Mm-hmm.
5: OK, we'll go here, and then will
11: I don't want to sound dramatic, but I feel like I just have had a pretty easy life. Um, yes, we went through 9-11, but I didn't live through the Depression. I didn't live through World War I or two. but I feel like I'm still recovering from the trauma of it, and I lost my innocence in a way,
0: mm-hmm.
11: because we, we have had an easy life. I've had one.
0: Yeah, for many of us, this was not just a huge event, but I know for me and for all of us, really, there was nothing like this that we've engaged with.
6: So I think I've grown as a person as far as not buying into the rhetoric that the media puts onto things a lot. Um, And, you know... There were a lot of things being said about Dr. Fauci, who I happened to have worked with when I was doing HIV research and stuff. So I knew he knew what he was talking about, you know, but there were a lot of bad things being said back and forth about him and the vaccine and and different things and that made me very frustrated because I know the man and and he knows that this actually one of the medications that they use is an HIV medication and so it's very much similar in those ways but i still wear a mask when i go into a store and i still wear a mask on public transit and if somebody coughs or sneezes i still get up and move away that fear is still there mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. i mean i don't know how long that's going to change or if it's going to change because there's other cough you know i mean there's other flus and and different things that are coming out and so that that inset fear is still there you know as much as i want to say that yes i've grown and i'm a I'm a better person, and this and that. Something innately, I'm still afraid.
7: Uh, I, one of the things that I, I'm not sure if it's changed or not, but I, I remember feeling a lot of like, how are how are we responding as a church? Not not just one life, but just in the country, and, and it was just. Uh, disheartening and heartbreaking. And what does it mean to be a light and be hope and be something different that can help? And and it was a big mystery of, like, what do we do? And I feel like as a church, we did, you and Rich did amazing. I mean, just, I, um, there was a lot of, like, to walk in that was not easy and I feel like you you guys did it really well and so um, but I still wrestle with that like I look back and definitely see points where the American church at least was like wow what happened and we're still not through that and we still have damage and how people see the church and how they see Christ and that's heartbreaking Um, yeah
0: yeah, and a big thanks too throughout a lot of it. We had a, I remember we put together a, like a COVID panel, right? Of people who were in medicine or in science, and, and they were like a sounding board for us. And we had the elder board that was super helpful in putting together policies and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. There were lots of people involved for sure.
5: Um, I, I, I I hope I say this right, but you know, in different pandemics, you get it, you die, right? The black plague and all, you know, historically, you know, you know that from the beginning, there are things where you get it, you die. And one of the weird twists of COVID was that there are people who got it who didn't even have a symptom. You know, what was the, the, there was something, when there was some study out of, I think it was Iceland, that they did samples and like 50% of the people Tested for COVID, and most of them didn't know they had it. And it's like, oh, life is complicated. This is really complicated. You know, how do you deal with something that doesn't affect somebody and kills the next guy? You you, you handle that now, Greg. You do that.
0: I'll go hand this to Mark. Mark has an answer.
1: <laughs> Not answer that, Eric, sorry. So the change I saw is both me personally and us as a church and us as citizens, how we dealt with the various responses people had. I had members in my family that were you know, no vaxxers. They didn't want to get a vaccine and you know it touches on Eric's side because it doesn't affect one person but it kills the next and you know I was caring for my 93 year old father so I felt a lot of so well, just don't stay away from me I can't take those risks but I know personally the way things have changed is I've learned to understand those people's where they were coming from some not fully but they don't understand where I'm coming from fully either so That's cool. (laughs) Um, But I hope, I see see some change. I hope we're going to continue to change. It has taught us how to accept people, where they're coming from, and what their thought patterns are, because we're all different. And as a church and as believers, we need to accept each other. And this was just a case for me that made it harder than ever to do
0: that.
4: At the risk of being booed, there actually were some good things that happened. Um, And I can take the tutoring program as an example, because we switched to online. We're still doing online, but we're also back to in-person. There was a lot of challenges and a lot of requirement to be flexible, and I watched as people gained in flexibility as they had to learn new things, how to do do things differently, how to progress differently, how to educate differently. (laughs) School was online for a while, and that had its impacts that were both interesting. I mean, we've got kids now that know how to deal with technology even better than they did before. Uh, And some of the issues there too with, you know, seeing some of the kids that we see now that don't have handwriting why don't they have handwriting in second grade? Because they weren't asked to practice handwriting during COVID, they were online. And so they weren't, they didn't get that practice in. Um, So there's some impacts that are kind of interesting and that we're gonna have to cope with. But um, I can't say it's 100% negative. I think there's also some real benefits perhaps in the requirement for us to adapt and to be flexible and to change and to listen to people and to figure out new ways of doing things. Yeah.
6: So, I don't know for all of you, but during COVID, like, the church was my lifeline. Like, being able to go online and talk to people through the chat, still feel that I was part of a community that cared about me, and still be able to be part of the body of Christ was an absolute lifeline. And I don't know if we've thanked you guys enough for doing that, and if we haven't, I want to do that today, because I think it kept a lot of us together in the most scary time of our lives. And the other part of it is looking at it as a positive, as I started looking out for my neighbors more. Mm-hmm. the things that I took for granted before you start looking out for more people that were elderly and and my neighbors to see, did they need anything? If I cooked an extra meal, did I take it over to them? Did I call people more to check on them? It forced me to step out of the mundane every day and to start to be more like Christ would have been in checking in on other people. And I got that experience because the church was checking in on me and making me feel more important. And so I want to thank you guys for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
12: So when I look back on the first months of COVID, um, I think about how confident I was that I could do it. Um, both like professionally, as someone in public health, I think that there was this um, atmosphere of like, okay, like we're gonna work all the hours and we're gonna like figure out what needs to happen and like we're gonna do it. Um, And as like things started shutting down and I was alone at home, it's like, okay, like, like I can get through this. And as we started realizing the extent of the impact and all of that, I think that there was just this huge recognition of like, I can't do this Mm -hmm. and like recognition of my limitedness and how much um, like we have to rely on other people, but also that like, there's there's a a piece of COVID that I think has opened up to all of us that like there is vulnerability and there is um, weakness that is a part of everyday life um, and that I think where we see that more in the day-to-day, at least I do.
0: Thank you. Yeah, um, uh, I've been a member of this church for a long time, longer than I've been a pastor, and when I was doing campus ministry at the University of Washington, um, and was attending this church, there was someone on staff who I was talking to. Uh, her name's Andrea. Some of you remember Andrea. Um, but we were talking about another church in town that had, you know, multiple campuses and was doing this video broadcasting of their sermons. And, and I personally did not like that. I, I felt like uh, I, I always had this idea of I want to be able to look around as I'm talking and know people. And I told Andrea, I was like, I will never... Video broadcast a sermon. We had to adapt. And we had to do some things. It was like, yeah, sometimes it felt like when we're over there and we had this circle light and we had a monitor that was sitting on a chair with some books propping it up and things were like duct taped together. And Brian was like this magician wizard with technology and making it all work. And, you know, and Rich and I are trying... It, yeah, and I remember one day thinking, I'm video broadcasting a sermon. And Andrea told me that day, she said, be careful when you use that word never. is very wise. Um, yeah, so again, lots of things. And, and we're not trying to solve anything today. We're trying to set up as we move into rename, restore, those ones, these are all things that are, we're trying to bring up spaces where we might see, oh, here's something, and no, let's rename that, or let's restore that, or let's, let's move with that. What's that? yeah
6: yeah i th- I think it's important for us to also look at, at the the amount of respect and gratitude that we have for all the the frontline workers the doctors the nurses mm-hmm. that spent hours and, and cost them their lives bus drivers you know people working in grocery stores and stuff that that went out there during this pandemic not knowing What I mean, knowing, some of them knowing that it could happen to them, but they did it anyways. And so the amount of respect that I gained, that things that people you took for granted now became Mm. heroes. Right. You know, I mean, I think that's an important part that we need to look at, too.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Um, Really quickly, I have a a couple more things. I want to move through them. We do have an all-church meeting coming up. But um, I want you to think just for a moment. Were there any people that you connected with? Some of you already shared this in these moments. If so, who? And then take a moment and pray for them silently and note any feelings that are present as you think of that person. And this we'll just do on our own quietly for a moment. And then the last kind of question I have is, where did you see or not see God in these moments? Again, we may have felt like, God, you're, I'm not hearing from you at all. Or, well, I am hearing from you, and I don't like it. Or, um, I'm feeling very good about hearing from you. It, it may be different. Um, and I don't, I want to give a couple minutes if people have something on this they want to share. Um, and if not, again, we can we can move on, but, yeah.
7: Uh, one moment I remember distinctly is, you know, when you're kind of like, you like in something really deeply and you know, you're whether it's prayer or anxiety or questions or whatever and caring for people and everything, you know, you're, you're kind of just in it and I remember distinctly listening to, I don't know if, does anyone know who Fred Hammond is? Mm -hmm. Black gospel singer, anyway, listened to him college through the years. Anyway, there was a worship service where um, they, he was leading the worship service and as you know, it's like big choir, big sound, and it's like singing and then it was just suddenly they just started praying for the church and the people in the community and like, God be present, all this. And I remember just feeling like this sense of relief, like someone outside of this community and outside of my neighborhood and work and everything is like speaking that thing that I, you know, it was just very powerful. But, um, and that was like a kind of a God moment, I guess. But yeah.
0: Yeah, Rob.
3: I would say that it changed my prayer life. Um, In the beginning, it was more kind of out of fear. Like I was so afraid of all these people in my life getting sick and something happening to them, but um, I basically started each weekday. I now have different groups of people and family and friends that I pray for and during that time, um, I had had shoulder surgery, and I was still going to physical mm. therapy when um, the pandemic started. When I needed to continue, um, I would pray for my physical therapist and everybody in the office and all of the other patients, you know. So yeah, it's just kind of changed my prayer life. Oh wow, thank you.
5: And then I'll circle back.
10: I remember the first time tuning into to services online and hearing at communion time, well, just look around and see what you can find. <laughs> um, and I remember losing a lot of our traditions that I considered really valuable parts of our liturgy, but in some ways stripping all of that down to just the key essentials of our faith, because our faith is adaptable and flexible to any condition, That, in some ways that was really strengthening.
4: you know we worry about losing relationship when you have something like a pandemic and I and I hate I I I'm always talking about the tutoring program sorry guys but the tutors that had a relationship with a student when we went online not one of them quit every single one of them stayed with their student and went online and transferred over and it It was like God just said, don't worry about it, Lauren. I've got this. I'm in control. And I was just overwhelmed by that. I thought that was so cool that they would value that relationship so much. It didn't matter whether you were doing it online electronically or meeting in person. They had that relationship, and God honored that. He just honored so much of the relationships that had already been formed.
0: That's great. Yeah, I know. Oh, Oh, yeah.
11: I think God really spoke to me um, through our neighborhood core group Mm -hmm. and um, getting to know Crystal and Megan and Linda, we would meet and pray with each other and Mia and um other people that came through my dad passed away January 20th mm-hmm. and so right before the pandemic and it was just a really challenging time but God really came through for us i think and uh, we connected a lot more deeply right on oh yeah
13: yeah uh let's see the pandemic was uh it was so challenging and um I live alone and I rely on community and friends to get by. So having so much of that cut out was awful. And um, having people afraid of each other was really awful. You know, like who's going to give it to me and wearing masks and oh my goodness. it was really challenging. I got breast cancer during the pandemic, and uh, I had to have surgery, and I didn't have family to help. Uh, but uh, some friends came through, and that was really helpful. But it definitely made everything harder than it would have been. <clears throat> and uh, and I'm fine right now. Uh, and uh, the core group that we had with Greg um, that was really helpful. Anything One Life provided was really helpful. There was a couple of people, especially one here at One Life, that kept che- checking in on me and that meant a whole lot to me. So every bit of outreach from friends, you know, it's a very deepening and frightening experience to go through a pandemic and to have us isolated during it from each other was really challenging. So. God bless. <laughs> we got yeah. through it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Oh, and then we'll get over it.
14: So the, the um, two things I want to share of how I saw God, um, there are many ways, but two of them are very specifically um, prayers that, that I was praying with great desperation that one life answered. So I want you to know that... Um, my daughter has immune conditions that make her really vulnerable to all kinds of viral things. And um, the, just six months before pandemic hit, she had finally regrown her hair after losing all of it mm. in a post-viral two-year saga. So for her, mask wearing and being aware of the vulnerabilities that people have is a really high consciousness. In the church we'd been in, the kids were just laughing about it and using every excuse to, you know, wear it under their nose or whatever, whatever. And so she came to me in the fall of 2020. Mom, isn't there any church where there are kids and a youth pastor that really care about people who could be really sick from this? And I said, oh, I'm sure there are. God, please, (laughs) where are they? And got online praying that God would lead me to a youth group that would meet online and that she could be part of. And Ben provided that Mm -hmm. with a presence, a form of presence. I don't know how he did it, it was Holy Spirit, but he made it a place in that Zoom screen that she felt seen and heard and laughed. I mean, he got them laughing. That is really hard to do on Zoom. (laughs) As an educator, I can tell you, right? And then fast forward, we get to the point where churches are no longer needing to mandate masks and this, but she knows she's not vaccinated yet and that not all the other kids are either. And she's saying, Mom, you know, I really want to go in person and you know, somewhere. And is, is there going to be a church? Is one life going to still make it safe? And we walked in here the first Sunday that you all were meeting in person again. And one of you, I don't know if it was Richard or Greg, said, you know, we don't have to wear masks anymore as adults, but our kids can't be vaccinated yet. And so for the sake of all of them, and so no one feels... You know, and we're at risk, or we're going to keep wearing masks because we think that's what Jesus would do. And she is giving me the hardest elbow in the ribs, right? <laughs> and it was words to her soul from you know, Richard Gregg, whichever of you said it multiple times, but it was exactly what the Holy Spirit knew my daughter needed to hear. And I think those two instances are what really solidified her faith and gave her hope that there are Christians that really are asking the question, what would Jesus do and letting that be the first question. And she's seen that here. So I want you to know that that's really, really powerful for us. Thank you.
8: Um, When you talk about seeing God and not seeing God, the pandemic is when we started attending this church, because We've talked about how much everyone here has appreciated your response to the pandemic. And our family was really disappointed and disheartened by our old church's uh, response. And it was very isolating for our whole family to uh, have this sense of loss from our church and being left behind. Um, So being able to reconnect here and to find a service, I don't know how many Cheez-It and Pink Lemonade communions we had, (laughs) Um, but it was so wonderful to be a part of this community.
0: Thank you. So again, this process, you're going to find times where, yeah. uh, my feelings are big. My feelings are small. I, I see God. I don't see God. I remember thinking uh, as I was doing this, where where did I see and not see God? I found the more, uh, the, the, the louder that like uh, things got in terms of uh, this person's doing the right thing and this person's doing the wrong thing. I, I felt like that started to. Uh, I just had a hard time hearing God in the midst of all that. And so I'd have to kind of retreat so I could go back in, um, but. But this process that we're in, I think, is, is a good one. And, and I hope, um, as we continue, that, that we'll discover the things, right? What, what things did we learn? What things do we want to rename? What things do we want to restore? Um, and, and how is Jesus moving in the midst of this to resurrect? Um, I'm going to uh, ask the worship team to come up. I have a couple of images that I want to, to, to show you. There was some artwork that, that people sent in. Um, one I'm going to start with is uh, sort of give a nod to One Life Global Engagement, which is formerly known as One Life Missions. Uh, this is a new logo that they came up with during that time. I think it's super appropriate in Lent. Uh, it's pretty much exactly what we're talking about, but, um, but I thought that was a cool, uh, a cool thing. Um, Nicole also shared uh, she had crocheted this stuffed elephant for a friend's baby, um, and, uh, yeah, it was just a cool project. Lots of love went into that. Um, uh, Megan is talking about communion, um, did a piece, uh, and it's sort of, she says, depicting the different expressions of the bread and the cup as we, the body of Christ, celebrate communion in different houses, testifying to God's presence and grace in the midst of our daily lives. And so, you know, yeah, like Cheez-Its and lemonade and, and who knows what else the different people uh, had at different times, um, but uh, it, there, there was some, some really interesting, good stuff in there. And then, uh, as many of you know, I do some, I often do artwork in my sermons, but during the pandemic, it, it dropped heavily um, that I wasn't doing that as much, and I've started to try doing that again because it, it brings me a lot of joy. But I did have a couple of images that I thought I would share uh, from some of the, things I did. So you can see my sort of good morning ones Or usually I try to make them humorous helps kind of lighten me up a little bit. I don't mean the stormtroopers as anything against anyone or Calvin Hobbes making faces. It's more for me to laugh. Um, I really like the guitar solo from uh, Stranger Things. So I put that one up there too. And then the prey in the middle of it because that's I felt like was an anchor for me uh, and all this stuff. But um, yeah, so we've been going through a ton of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff, learning, growing. Um, please continue to to participate with us as we go through the rest of these restore, rename, resurrect. Again, there's going to be lots of sharing, lots of interaction because we do believe the Spirit speaks through this whole community, um, and 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 people who are not part of this community, right? Uh, and so. Um, yeah, thank you for your participation today, um, and, and let's care well for one another. I do want to say uh, it, big feelings came up for some people today. Um, one, thank you for trusting us with those, but also be kind to yourself, care for yourself well as you go into the things that are next, and uh, be gracious to yourself and allow yourself to maybe take some rest or just, uh, you know, Talk to a friend if that's, if that's helpful. So let me pray. And then um, the prayer team will be available to pray for you uh, if there's anything you need prayer for. Um, and then we'll close with a song and a benediction. God, I give you great thanks again for this day. I give you great thanks for my friends and family who are here with us, uh, for the people online. Um, Lord, I, I pray that if there were things that were shared in that group that we would find a way to bring those uh, in, into this space too. Um, but yeah, God, I, I just am glad that thinking back on that, that kind of way that we started this saying that, that you know, kind of the, the question of can our community, can our closeness, can our relationships hold? Um, and because of you, they can, and they did. Um, and so I give you great thanks for that, that we are here together still trying to work through stuff, still trying to figure stuff out. We haven't certainly solved everything. Um, but we've learned and we've grown, hopefully. And so help us to see as we move into these other phases of restore and rename and, and resurrect to find you and, and what you're doing and where you're leading. Uh, we've seen you move in our lives before, and we certainly trust um, that you will be here uh, again. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.